Welcome to the Center of Excellence Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Genovese, Director at Oz Marketing and Sales Novice. With me, as always, Oliver Young, Operations Director with the Young Automotive Group. So good to be here, Tim. Jazz to have you. Brad Taylor, Corporate Trainer with the Center of Excellence. Back to second fiddle. <laughs> Harsh. Harsh. We'll change it up. We'll change it up next time. And back once again, and damn glad to have you, Jeremy Young. He is our area director of our power sports operations for the Young Automotive Group, and that is a mouthful. It is a mouthful, it's Tim. Mouthful. What do your cards look like? They're really very, sheets of very, paper. Very, very long. <laughs> just, yeah. a whole, just a whole sheet of paper. <laughs> Three by 11. You know what's crazy? On my way here, I drove past at the Great Salt Lake. There was a ship out there. It was nutty. I've never seen a ship out on the Great Salt Lake, and there were people just jumping off of it. Just people just <laughs> jumping ship left and right. It was insane. Jeremy, what would you say to those people? Oh, it's a really good It was segue. a rough one. That was it. I didn't know where he was going, one. and I actually didn't know he said ship Ooh, at yeah. first. <laughs> no, he dropped his pants. It was a giant that. piece of shit. I, yeah, no, actually, I thought he said sheep. We, oh, sheep? <laughs> There's a sheep out. And I'm like, what? Where are we going? I don't know. I've lost, I have lost all direction here. I don't even know what we're talking about today. We're talking about employee retention, right? We're talking about employee retention. And uh, as one of the leaders, managers, part of the group, I really think it's, we need to have a good conversation about it. And so I would, I just wanted to take the opportunity to talk about seven areas of focus that all of us can use throughout our daily life and structure. But I wanted to start today with some Interesting facts according to Google. I love the Googles. You like that? Googles yeah. are great. Google it. Just to touch on a few facts here, 57%, and also I want to preface that I think we would be in denial if we didn't think that this applied to us as the Young Automotive Group. So not that these statistics will 100% tie into what we're experiencing, but 57% of employees are open to new employment. 74% of employees are burned out in their current role. Only 32% of employees are satisfied with their current role. And almost two thirds of our employees' departures are preventable. 49% of employees feel valued in their current place of employment. And Employees who are given growth and flexibility are four times less likely to become a retention risk. Only 48% of employees say that when they give feedback to leadership that it gets followed up on. I thought those were interesting statistics as I prepared for this podcast and wanted to start with that to kind of segue into why I think there is seven strong areas of focus that we as leaders, managers, and up-and-comers can apply this. And one of the reasons why I think this is a great, uh, you know, subject, especially right now, is we haven't grown a lot. We've just kind of been steady eddy. Yeah, it's very (laughs) small No, we've grown a ton, right? (laughs) Just in the last, like, three years, I swear, it's like, holy crap, we've grown a ton. How many stores do we have now? As of tomorrow, what is it going to be? 29? 29. 29. 29 stores. That, you know, that's from 11 in 2014 or I don't know. We've been growing like crazy. And as we grow, it stretches managers into new areas, right? And new managers that don't have experience, that don't know how to run a team. Mm -hmm. And so when you have all those new managers, it creates turnover. Why? Because they've never done it. They're just getting getting the opportunity to go and lead a team. And turnover is inevitable because you have to learn how to manage people. 
And so I'm yep. really grateful for this because we do, we need to keep our people and we need to treat them like an asset. And they're our biggest asset, right? Number one is it starts with hiring the right person. So Brad, what do you think that means? Well, hiring the right person. So to me, oftentimes we run into situations where we'll hire somebody with literally a heartbeat, somebody that can fog a mirror <laughs> and potentially go out and talk to a customer and not mess things up in the first five seconds. But when I think of hiring the right person, because we spend so much time with each other at work, I think of hiring people that, A, I could definitely spend time with them. I want to spend time with them. And B, there's somebody that I will invest my time in because I want to see them grow and succeed. I like that. I like that. Oliver, can, same question. Can I quote the famous, well, it's Dallin Brashears, but the Ben fa- Franklin. I, but, it's obviously I know ben where Franklin. you're going. It's always Ben Franklin. Huh? I know it's better going, I love to have book. a hole than an asshole. Yep. We oftentimes hire so quickly that we hire the wrong person because we didn't do our due diligence to say, wait, is this the right person on the team? That one asshole can really affect everything in your store. And by allowing it to be there, you're hurting everybody else around you. And I can't count how many times we've finally moved on from somebody and everybody breathes a sigh of relief, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, why did it take me that long mm-hmm. to do that? Couldn't agree more. Uh, and or you get seduced by somebody who's like, oh, I'm amazing, I'm gonna be coming in, and you bring him on, you're like, oh my gosh, he's tearing everybody down around him or her. So I think that's that, that's a key piece is, is get the right person on board, get the right people on your team. Yeah, it definitely starts with hiring the right people. And then we're talking about retention. Yeah, now, one of the things is saying hiring the right person. What that oh, oftentimes that managers don't understand that they should always be recruiting because if you're not always recruiting, you're only hiring when when what happens when you're desperate when yeah. you have a hole. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh yeah. crap, I'm desperate. I need. Yeah. I have a hole, and so now you start recruiting, and you're up to whoever's out there to fill it, and mm-hmm. that might not be the right no. person. But if you're always recruiting, you get to see the right talent out there and you'll bring on the right talent, even if you're not ready for them, if it's the right person. Well, and and Oliver, I think one of the things that you told me pretty early on is when you're interviewing, you should be looking for reasons not to hire that person as opposed to looking for reasons to hire. I think our natural inclination is to be the cheerleader for people and to root for people and to want for people to succeed. And that doesn't really work in a job interview. In a job interview, if I'm sitting across from you and I'm just looking for reasons to hire you and looking for reasons to give you this job, I'm maybe blind to the red flags and the things that should be warning me, okay, this might not be the right fit. I agree. And I think that the mindset of having on your team is just culture over talent, right? And that should be our focus as managers, as leaders, as up-and-comers. So that was good. Appreciate that feedback. Number two would be, what does our onboarding process look like? We talk about being prepared for day one, week one, month one. Oliver, what do you? What would you say as a, as maybe a prerequisite for a manager? I think they need to show them their desk. <laughs> <laughs> That's like generally, like I swear, managers they're like, oh yeah, you're starting today. There's your desk. Then they walk off, right? right? And it's like, no, that's not onboarding. That's ridiculous. If you're bringing somebody on board, you need to help them feel a part of the team. 
they, they need to understand what makes you and what makes the organization. So for the last, I don't know, four years, five years, I've been doing this executive welcome message every second, now it's second Tuesday of the month. And I repeat the same message over and over to every new employee at the Young Automotive Group. And the reason why I do it is because they mm. they deserve to know what's at the heart of our business. Yep. They deserve to know our values that we strive to have, right? And we strive to keep. It doesn't mean we always are successful in it, right? And they're going to go back and not see those values in action, but they deserve to at least understand what we're striving for. Brad, what do you think? You know, I think our onboarding process shows early on our commitment to that individual. And I think it's reciprocated by their efforts. Mm-hmm. Once they know we're invested in them, they'll reciprocate and show that they're invested in us. And so it's one of those situations where whatever we put into it, that's what we're going to get out of it. And I've seen salespeople that have responded early on to a manager that invested in them and spent time with them and they become successful early on. But that same manager doesn't give the same investment to the next Mm -hmm. person. And then they go, well, what happened? What was different between these two? And Tim and his team at Oz Marketing, they've done a good job developing kind of an onboarding packet and things. Can you speak to kind of what you guys do? Sure. Yeah. We obviously do all the standard stuff. We go over the new hire packet. We go over the handbook and all that stuff. But, you know, we'll take the new, we'll take our new employees around and we'll introduce them to each and every person at Oz Marketing. And from there, we actually assign that new employee some to-dos to go around and spend about five to 10 to 15 minutes with every, every manager and every person at Oz Marketing and talk to them about their jobs, what they do. And it really gets them immersed in the culture. It really gets them immersed in what we do on a large scale. And it just gets them to know everybody. It helps them to understand who all of the people are that they're working. It opens those doors of communication. Yeah. I think that's great. And that's a great segue into number three. Good job, Tim. So, Thanks. Tim, great job. I'm good at segues. Another segue. Sometimes. Communicate clearly and be open and honest. I think that's a big struggle we have from manager to employee, even from to employee, right? So setting clear expectations, having clear communication. Brad, years of managing people, right? And managing teams yeah. and being a general manager, sales manager. Yeah. How big of an issue is that? Oh man, it's huge. And I can summarize all that in one word and it's feedback, right? As a young manager, young in experience, I was awesome at telling people when they suck. And like, I have a incredible knack of letting people know how bad they suck (laughs) at something. But I was also really good at letting people know when they did exceptionally well. I was good at the two extremes. I could give feedback at both ends of the spectrum. I, as a young manager, struggled everywhere in between. I struggled in the coaching and building confidence and communicating clearly the expectation. I was often upset more at the performer than the performance. And that's something I wish I could you know, help every current manager and every new employee or every salesperson know that it's not the performer, it's not you. It's the way that the performance was done. And I think a good manager will give good constructive feedback that provides a path forward for success. I couldn't agree more with that. And it comes down to, we get frustrated with employees, but we actually haven't even shown them 
what the tasks are supposed to do, but we're frustrated they're not doing it at a high level. That's awesome. Number four would be outline opportunities for growth. We talk a lot about growth and Oliver, we started with that, right? With have we grown in the last three years? Yes, we've grown. We've grown. It's the name of my ulcer. You sleep really good (laughs) though. Growth. (laughs) But Oliver, if you have an employee on your team, how do you get to know or how do you find out if they do want to grow or, or do they want to stay? Maybe I always want to be a salesperson or a parts counter associate. Where do you get that information? So, and that I think is one of the, the traps of growth. And what I mean by that is you, just because you want to stay in the same position doesn't mean you can't grow. Mm-hmm. Growth mm-hmm. is growth in whatever you're doing. If I'm a salesperson and I want to grow, or if I'm a service advisor, where I need to grow is in my current role, right? The growth isn't into a service manager. It's growing where you are. And then as you get moved into a service manager, then grow as a service manager. So sometimes we're like, I want to grow. And you're like, yeah, grow. Instead of being like, and what they're saying is, I want to be a service manager someday. It's like, yeah, that's great. Become the best at what you're currently doing. And that will give you the most opportunity to be a successful service manager and grow into that role too. That makes sense. It absolutely does. I um, couldn't agree more with that. But you have to sit down with that person and understand where they want to go and have those conversations. I think an annual review is important for that reason, is because once a year, you need to talk about the next five years and help them see a vision. In a podcast a while ago, we were talking about peaks and valleys, right? And the employees always quit in the valleys, right? So when is the good time to quit? It's on a peak when you have no more vision. So if your people don't see a vision and they're standing on a peak, they should quit you because you're not a good enough leader to do what? Help them grow further. Help them give a vision of where they can grow after that peak. We need to be those leaders that create the vision for those employees. So when they're standing on the peak, they see the next four peaks in front of them and the exciting things that are coming at us. Can I touch on one thing here real quick? So in a conversation that I had with uh, Blaine Fawcett, the uh, incredibly handsome general manager of our Honda dealership, he was actually one of the first to point out to me that we are fantastic as an organization in helping people grow and helping them understand that we need them to grow, but we're not great at painting a timeline of expectation. And so Ben Franklin quote, where'er thou art, act well thy part. <laughs> or who is this guy? Better is this well, Brad Taylor? Better yeah. well said by uh, I think it's Scott O'Neill, a book that uh, I read recently that was shared with me by Kelly Moss. Be where your feet are yeah. or some version of that. Mm-hmm. We get so excited about moving forward and growing and doing the next thing and being a part of whatever's next that we forget to do what we are doing currently in order to grow successfully you need to be great at what you do now and then grow your replacement and then you'll grow but along I, the way. I would add one thing to that as a manager from a manager's perspective you've got to have one-on-ones if you're not holding regular one-on-ones if you don't have them calendared if you're not doing these on a regular basis at least every two weeks you are cutting your employees off at the knees. You are absolutely cutting them off at the knees. And then you're not giving them the opportunity to tell you how they want to grow. 
and to let you know where they want to be and what they want to do. Yep. And if you're not having those one-on-ones, you can't make those little baby steps that are going to get them there. And they're going to start expecting a giant leap at some point, and they haven't done the work because you haven't helped them. And set clear expectations exactly. for them in their current role and inside those one-on-ones having good structure to yep. focus on those key items. I would say, and number five, and I think this is one of the most important, is providing recognition. We focus a lot on our failures, but mm-hmm. we forget to recognize when we're having success and and recognize when that individual is having success. And that comes down to having the proper deposits and withdrawals. Number six would be building that culture that everyone wants to be a part of. And every organization, dealership has to have that culture. What do you think that means, Brad, having the right culture inside your dealership? Oh, man. Culture is so important. I mean, the only difference between a cult and culture, you are. E. Right? Oh, but that did that rough. taste gross, gross <laughs> going out? It did. I hope it doesn't taste as or sound as bad as it tastes. Dylan, <laughs> leave it in. Don't edit that out. Don't edit it. My point is culture or a cult is about buy-in, and it starts at the top. Mm-hmm. If the leader is such an incredible leader that everybody wants to be a part of it, it happens naturally. And if you're a mid-level manager, add to the culture. There's subcultures within a culture and you have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. You succeed together and you fail together. We celebrate successes together, but we also celebrate or the opposite of celebrate in our failures. Sometimes you'll have a guy come in and be like, oh, this culture sucks. It's terrible. So you might be sitting here thinking that to yourself right now, listening to this podcast. That culture terrible. Hire slow, fire fast. (laughs) But this, but... The funny thing is you go, you know you're a part of that. Yeah. When you say that's the, it's a shitty culture, and you go, yeah, it's because you just said that. Mm-hmm. Like, the more you repeat it, you're creating the negative culture that you, every person brings a piece of culture to the whole. It's made up of individuals. That's all it is. A culture is. So if you think the culture sucks, you need to go in and change it. You need to be the catalyst to change it. And it doesn't have to be a manager. It can be anybody who changes culture. Every every person is a piece of that culture of the whole. Yeah. Right. And from a scientific standpoint, a culture is something that grows. It's something Mm -hmm. that is observed and grows. And so in our dealerships, whatever we permit to grow becomes the culture, right? So if there's negative anything, if there's a bad bacteria growing, you have to cut it out in order to move your culture forward. You have to cut it out. And I think one thing to recognize early and fast is that it is always the environment in which we create. It is not the people. And lastly would be, is be aware of employee burnout. We talk a lot about good work-life balance. Oliver, what do you think a good work-life balance I'm actually means? really grateful that you brought this up because we had a, a somebody reach out and comment about this you know, newer salesperson, great salesperson, hard worker, and super personable and does a great job. And he said, hey, one of my problems is uh, balance in life, right? Is I feel like I'm working too much. And as I was sitting there thinking about that and being like, okay, I've been there. I've, I was at Kia, sold for a lot of years, and and I get it. The more I think about balance is the more I think about what Brad said, which is be where your feet are. It's more about presence than about actual being at work or being at home, right? Because oftentimes we're like, well, I'm working myself to death. 
yet we actually didn't work that many hours. It's just we went home and we stewed on it. And we and instead of being present at home, we were in work mode still. And then when we got to work, we were having troubles with our spouse. And so we were at home in our head at work, not working, which caused us to be at home working, right? right. And so now instead of being present, instead of having balance, and we're like, it, it's really actually a presence issue. Be where your feet are. Be present and put all the work in where you're at. And then when you have to change where you're at, be there. Be at home. Be in the workout. Be in the, in the activity you're in. But be there fully. And that, I think, will help more on burnout than even a lot of the stuff of just your time, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been a fantastic, a fantastic topic. I think this has been, honestly, a lot of really practical stuff. Jeremy, do we have an action item today? We do have an action item. I would like to end with one last piece. As a manager, just remember that I think you need to shoulder more of the load. And what I mean by that is, is how much do our employees really care about the bottom line? Sure, they should have some care, right? But we need to get back to having fun with our employees and letting them be engaged in the things that they're selling. And managers need to carry more of that load. Just wanted to get that out there, Tim. But Absolutely. Uh, as an action item, it comes back to communicate. So if you're one of those employees that is struggling in any of these areas, please make sure that you're communicating with your managers in your annual reviews and in your one-on-ones. Okay, fantastic. And as usual, it is time for Tim's copious notes. I've been writing everything down. We are talking about employee retention. So some quick fun facts, and I didn't, you were, you flew through these, so I didn't get a chance to write all of them down, but I got, I think I got the good ones. 57% of employees are open to new jobs. 74% are burnt out. Only 32% are satisfied in their current roles. Two thirds of departures are preventable. And only 49% of employees actually really feel valued. And you said, we would be fools to think that this stuff doesn't apply to us. It absolutely does. But just remember, our people are our biggest asset. So there are seven good areas of focus to help with employee retention. Number one is to hire the right person. Hire someone that you're willing to spend time with and that you're willing to develop. It's better to have a hole than an asshole. Thank you, Dallin Brashears. Hire slow, always be recruiting, and just make sure that you're keeping in mind that culture is more important than talent. Culture over talent 100% of the time. Number two, what does our onboarding process look like? Your employees, help your new employees to feel a part of the team. Your new employees deserve to know what is at the heart of your business and what your values are, and invest in your employees early on. If you don't invest early on, they're not going to invest in you early on. Number three, communicate clearly and be open and honest. Set clear expectations. Provide feedback and don't focus just on extremes. You need to constantly coach and focus on the performance, not the performer. Number four, outline opportunities for growth. Make sure that they know that growth can and should happen in their current roles. Have a, an annual review once a year and talk about the next five years every single year. Be where your feet are. You know, just be present. And then hold regular one-on-ones. If you're not doing that, you're cutting your employees off at the knees. Number five, provide recognition. Don't just focus on the failures. Make sure that you're providing regular, ongoing recognition for successes as well. And six, build a culture that everyone wants to be a part of. Culture is about buying in, and it starts at the top. So that means as a manager, it's going to start with you. If you think that the culture sucks, be the catalyst to change it. Whatever we permit to grow actually becomes the culture. So you can absolutely affect that in a great way. And then finally, number seven, be aware of burnout. Work-life balance is really more about presence than anything else. So if you're feeling burnout, just be where you are, 100%, mentally as well as physically. And then finally, as a manager, really just shoulder more, more of the load. Focus on letting your employees have fun 
and let your employees be engaged in what they're doing and really shoulder that load for them. So that is, I believe, it. And we are out of time. So I want to thank you guys once again. This has been a great, what are we listening to? That's always been Oh, no. Do you know this guy? I'm assuming he's Batman. Out. Fantastic. Okay, take us out, <laughs> Well, if you've got a review to leave us, by all means, please leave us some stars on iTunes. You've rattled me. You've bat-rattled me. Leave us some stars on iTunes. Leave Dang. us a review. Get this podcast wow. in front of your friends, wow. family, clergy. If you've got questions for us, please send us an email to podcast at youngcwe.com. That's also a great place where you can give us suggestions for future episodes. Tim Batman. That is it. I have been the host that this podcast deserves, but not the one it needs right now. Dana Moi, y'all. <laughs>